Come on, let's praise Jesus this morning. We praise you. Father, we come before you this morning and we just give you all the glory for all that you're doing. We thank you, Lord, that we're living in the best of times. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is stretched forth this city. Your hand is stretched forth this congregation and this people. And we ask you, Father, today that you would release the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon us. I thank you, Father, right now for the anointing that's actually being released right now upon us. And Father, we just pray for Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn, as they are on the plane right now arriving in California. Come on, let's just pray in the spirit for them. Lord, we just thank you, Father, right now that you would bless them, that you would bless them in every way. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you would protect them. We thank you, Lord, for protecting them, Lord, from the, the, the activity of the hunter. We thank you, Lord, that you would protect them, Lord, from, from any, any, any attacks from the enemy, any harm that comes by way of man, that you would protect them from the arrow that flies by night, that you would protect them, Lord, from pestilence, Lord, that wasteth at noonday, Lord, that you protect them from all diseases, Lord, that you protect them, Lord, from all illness, from all accidents, that you protect them, Lord. Let no evil come near them, Lord. Let no evil come near them. Lord, may they be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people, Lord. We thank you for your hand being upon them. You thank you, Lord, for your angels surrounding them, your angels surrounding Bishop and Lady Carolyn in every way, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for stretching forth your hands upon them, and Lord, stretch forth your hands upon us. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you this morning in the name of Jesus, and we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord praise again. Amen. Come on, let's praise him. Amen. You may be seated. I have to get used to this because normally I don't, I don't hold the mic. And there are reasons why they don't let me hold the mic. Uh, because uh, the tendency is to, so hopefully I, I keep it uh, in the right place. But this morning, I also want to say this for those of you who were giving this morning, especially our online audience. I want you to believe for God to move for you financially. I believe the month of September, the month of September is a key month for many of us. And that the sowing we do, the sowing we have done this summer will literally erupt in gracious outpourings of harvest in the months of September, October, November. And so we're believing the Lord for that. I'm believing, I believe that God is going to release um, some things that stagger the imagination. How many of you would love to see the Lord to do abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think? Amen. How many of you know that God is capable of doing more than we can ever imagine? How many of you know that, that, that it, it doesn't bother God for us to believe him for that? Amen. In fact, he's looking for somebody to believe him for that so that his covenant may be established on the earth. Amen. So that his purposes may be fulfilled. So that his destiny, his dream for the nations and his dream for the city come forth and comes to pass. Amen. Amen. And so we're believing the Lord for that. I want you to have that heart of expectation 
and, and those of you who are viewing us this morning, if the Lord has moved upon you greatly in your finances, let us know what Christ is doing in your life. Share your testimonies with us. It will serve as edification and comfort uh, and encouragement for the rest of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. This morning, um, Bishop and Lady Carolyn, they are traveling to California to participate in a wedding of Nathaniel Palmer. Amen? And uh, yeah, amen. How many of you know it's raining weddings? Amen. How many of you know it's raining weddings? Amen. It's raining weddings. Amen. 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 Sometimes the Lord, you know, when it comes to, sometimes when it comes to marriage, God, God is really interesting. He can have the person right under your nose and you don't see them. And many times they're right under your nose and you do not see them. Amen. And, and, and sometimes there are people that you are not willing to give uh, uh, any, any conversation with. But at the right time, God opens your eyes to see. Amen. And I believe that's happening at Metro. God is opening some eyes to see. Amen. Say, Lord, open my eyes. Say, Lord, open my eyes to see. Amen. 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 We believe that the wedding of Pastor Tiffany and Frederick is actually that entry point for a multitude of weddings here at Metro City Church. Amen, amen. If you believe that, give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. See, the issue is this. If you believe that God can do abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think, it, the scripture says, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? Sometimes the Lord is waiting for willingness. Amen. Sometimes we have to be made willing so that we can receive what he has in his hands. Many times, you know, I mean, sometimes God is waiting on us. Amen. And sometimes, sometimes what's coming out of our mouth is battling against what God is doing. You know, I mean, in one moment you're saying, Lord, I believe you, I believe you. In the next moment, ain't no man and your angels are moving and they say, oh. Praise God. Hey, man, that, that ain't happening to none of us. I'm, but, but it's interesting that our, what comes out of, out of our mouth many times controls the course of our lives. Amen. Praise the Lord. I like one of the things that the, uh, the word, um, no, I'm not going to go in that direction. But anyway, uh, we're going to continue with Bishop Johnson. He started talking about rivers of living waters. And we want to talk about the rivers of living waters this morning. And, uh, and then we're going to pray for some people and then we're going to go home. Amen. How many of you have been experiencing the presence of God in your life in a new way? Amen. How many of you desire to experience more of the presence of God? How many of you believe there is more? How many of you believe there is more? Amen. How many of you want to be um, recipients of the greater works? Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, 
He says, greater works shall you do because I go to the Father's. Greater works than the works I've done shall you do because I go to the Father. And some people say, well, he just meant quantities. No, he didn't just mean quantities. He meant greater works, greater works, greater works. Amen. And it's interesting, he says greater works, but then in the book, at the end of the book of John, he says, if all, if ever, if if books were written about all the things that Jesus did, none of the libraries of the earth could contain them. But then he turns around and says, greater work shall you do because I go to the Father. Lord, have mercy, man. I, I don't know about you, but that kind of stuff just makes me think. Amen. It really does something to me. But um, John, John, the 14th, 15th, Normally, when people are preparing to die and they know they're going to die, they call all their friends in. They call their family in. And, 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 they, and they, have, they, they want to give their last will and testimony. Do you know that Jesus did exactly that? He knew he was about to die. He knew he was about to be crucified on the cross. And in John, the 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th chapter, I like to call those are the, the chapters in the Bible that are completely in the red, 95% in the red. But in those passages, Jesus was summing up everything he did. And in John, the 14th, 15th, 16th chapter, he talks about the Holy Spirit. He says, that, he says that I must go so that the Father may send another comforter. And when he says another comforter, basically he's, he said a comforter like me. But he would be different because I'm, my presence right now is localized. But when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will come upon all of you. He will live inside all of you. And then in John, the 18th chapter, the scripture says Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. And guess what happened? Tell me what happened. This is called losing weight. Praise God. Yeah. But I want to lose, lose a little bit more. But what happened to those guys? So Benny Hinn was not the one that uh, invented falling out under the power. Because the scripture says when Jesus breathed on them, they all fell under the power of the Holy Spirit. And before Jesus left, Jesus said, he's, he, he, after his resurrection in the book of Acts, the scripture says that he appeared before 500 people teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then, then before he ascended on high in front of their sight, he told them, he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. I want you to wait for the promise. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. And, and, and literally, he comes back to the prophetic word he gave in John about the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew, the fourth chapter, when Jesus was baptized, Jesus was prophesying then about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And oh man, you, you see this, this continual line, this continual emphasis of Jesus on the Holy Spirit. And then and Jesus is teaching about prayer in Luke, the 11th chapter. And Jesus said, he says, yeah. And then he turns around and says, if a father knows how, if a father, if a, a child asks his father for a fish, will he give him a stone? 
Then he turns around and says, how much more will your, how much more men be, how much more knowing that men are evil, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Ghost? This continual emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And then we find in Acts, the second chapter, they're sitting in this little room, like the upper room up there. They're sitting in this room, and, and, and all of a sudden, the wind began to blow. The wind began to blow. And the Holy Spirit fell on those 120 people. My God. And then we find in Acts, the third chapter, this move of God was so powerful. If you were from Greek and Sandra or, or Beverly was from, um, if Beverly was from Russia, what happened when the Holy Spirit fell? Beverly would hear her language in his mouth and he would hear his language in her mouth. They were speaking in one another's tongues. Oh man, it was crazy. I know it would have freaked me out, man. I'm talking to somebody and language coming out of me and I'm hearing my language in that person's mouth and I know that person is from another nation and all that was happening when the Holy Spirit came. And then the scripture says 3,000 people were swept into the kingdom of God because the rivers of living waters that were in that 120 began to rush through all those people. My God, my God. So it says in John, the seventh chapter, the 38th verse. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is what? That was just a test from last week. If anyone is what? I know y'all don't like for me to say that. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living waters. But this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I wonder what those guys thought when Jesus was ascending on high. The apostles saw him just floating on clouds with the angels beside him. And they were talking about when Jesus, they were talking about the end times and, and, and Jesus said, it's not, it's not important for you to know the end. I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine right now, what, what, in your opinion, what does living waters look like? Water that's alive, full of the life of God. And those rivers doing what? Flowing from your innermost being. That word innermost means womb. That word innermost means inside of you. Rivers of living waters flowing from you. Can't you see it? My God. 
But then we can see a picture of the rivers of living waters in the book of Ezekiel. The 47th chapter, the first through the fifth verse, and it says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water, excuse me, behold, water was issuing below the threshold of the temple of God. Water was flowing from below the south end of the threshold of the temple. Then he brought me out by the north gate and led me around on the outside to the out gate that faces towards the east. And behold, water was trickling on the south side. Going on the east side with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits, then led me through this water. And this water was ankle deep. And he measured a thousand and he led me through the water. And then it was knee deep. And again, he measured a thousand and he led me through the water and it was waist deep. And again, he measured and it, and it was a river that I could not pass through for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be passed through. And then later in that, in that chapter, it says, and the river went out into the sea. I believe, and this temple was actually the throne of God, that there's a river that flows from the throne, under the throne of God. I believe when the water, when the Bible talks about the water reaching ankle deep, it's actually speaking of our walk in the spirit. But then the water reached to the what? Knees. And I believe that water coming to the knees speaks of what? Prayer and intercession. And then the water coming to the waist speaks of reproduction, multiplying disciples, fruitfulness. And then the water going out into the sea is speaking of the waters going out into the sea of humanity. The scripture says in Ezekiel, the 47th chapter, it talks about this, this whole location being the temple of God but then we see in the scriptures later the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and just like that was the that there's a the temple of God in heaven and water coming from the throne we are called the temple of God and living waters are flowing from us. These rivers of living waters are is flowing from us so that we would cause others to walk in the spirit. The rivers of living waters are flowing from us so that we would literally infect the lives or affect the lives of other people until they become men and women of prayer. The living waters are flowing from us, causing other believers to begin to multiply. The rivers of living waters are flowing from us, reaching out to all this neighborhood, all of the neighborhood around your house. And then again, we see in Revelations, the 21st chapter, and it says, And he who was seated on the throne, behold, I am making all things new. This is Jesus speaking in heaven. 
Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trusty, trustworthy and true. And he said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give the spring of the water of life without payment. What did it say in John, the seventh chapter? He said to the what? Thirsty, come to me and drink. And he says here, to the thirsty, in Revelations, the 21st chapter, the fifth verse, I would give from the spring of the water of life. My question this morning is are you thirsty for this water? Are you really thirsty for this water? If Jesus lives in your life, then you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, rivers of living waters flow from your innermost being. There are times in our walk with God that we can lose our thirst and hunger for the water of life. There are times in our walk with God that we can lose our thirst and hunger for the things of God. I want you to hear this. See, when you lose your hunger for the things of God, it means that something else, something else has taken your appetite. Man, what happens when you're hungry and, um, and you stop by Dunkin' Donuts Man, I mean, and eat that liquid, we call it liquid grease. And get four or five of those donuts, man, and eat them in 10 minutes and chase it with a good hot cup of hot cocoa or coffee, man, and sit down, man. I mean, man, and the donuts are, I mean, you can smell them. They're filling the air. And, and, and. And so you were hungry five minutes ago, but now you've consumed those donuts. Now it's time to eat real food. What happens? You're not, you're not hungry. You don't care about eating vegetables at that point. You're not thinking about eating healthy food. Why? Because you've been eating the wrong thing. And sometimes when we're walking with the Lord, we, we start out with this passion for God, this passion for his presence, this passion to read his word. And then we wonder what has happened. So the question is this. Jesus said, he says, if you are thirsty, come to me and drink. He says, to the thirsty, I will give the water of life without payment. It's not going to cost you anything. The only thing it costs you is for you to be thirsty. 
for you to be hungry. Do you know having a thirst and hunger from God, it is a gift. And one of the indications that you may be spiritually sick is that you love God, but you don't have an appetite for the things of God. I guess I'm the only one this has ever happened to before. So the question is this. The Lord gave me a list of things that, that, uh, that could possibly cause us to, be, to lose our hunger for him. Because if you don't hunger and thirst for him, something has taken its, his place. One of the things that could take away your hunger for God, for God, is drugs. That's what the Lord spoke to me this morning, drugs. I'm talking about illegal drugs. You can't consume marijuana and maintain your hunger for God. You can't consume Crack cocaine or pop pills. I'm not speaking to condemn. I'm giving an answer for why some of us have lost our hunger for him. We're medicating inner pain that Jesus Christ is the answer for. We're, we're worshiping rather than looking to God to heal us of that inner pain, we're looking to something else to soothe us and not him. This is not to condemn. This is to say this is the reason some of us are not able to get on, on, on track. Some of us have lived a life and the Lord graciously wants to deliver you. He wants to free you from the addiction of crack cocaine. He wants to deliver you and free you from drug addiction. And it's possible for a person to maintain a secret life of addiction to drugs without anybody knowing. Accept yourself and, and this growing emptiness, man. I, I, I come to church, but I, I seem to only just get momentary relief because basically the Lord is wanting you to take that pain that you are experiencing and come to him rather than medicate with drugs. This is for someone this morning, online or in this room. Another thing that can steal your thirst and appetite for the, your hunger for God, wrong associations. Do you know, you, know, you know how you can tell an association is wrong? Because it leads you to have wrong conversations. You end up talking about things you should not talk about that should not be in your mouth. That's an indication that you are mixing with the wrong person and you're not mixing with them to win them to Christ. They are influencing you. Another way you can tell you're talking, this is a wrong association for you, is that it leads you to wrong places. You end up going to places you shouldn't go 
That's how you know that association is not healthy. If the association is leading you to go places you know you shouldn't go and you know it, it, it violates your conscience, it, 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 it's, it's wrong and you know it's wrong, but you're wanting to stay with that association, but, but man, it's causing you to, to be divided in your allegiance to Christ. And many times, the wrong association leads you to wrong actions. You end up doing things you otherwise would not do. When you're with the saints, man, you're all right. But anytime you get around that person, man, you just, you got to drink. You got to get drunk. You, you find yourself in places, bars. You find your place carousing. You find your, yourself, you're all right. But when you get with this person, man, you, you lose your way. That person is not, and that What's happening is that that person is, is, is literally keeping you from cultivating your thirst for God. Another one is worry and discouragement. Worry and discouragement, it can steal your hunger for God. Worry and hunger, man, worrying about things. The Bible says we should not worry because our worry will not change the situation. Only our faith in God can change it, but worry is, is literally meditating on the is meditating on the images that worry give you. And when you meditate on the images that worry give you, it grows larger inside of you. And before you know it, you've lost your hunger for God. That thing becomes bigger on the inside of you. Another has to do with offense. Offense, you know something? When you have offense in your heart, it can steal your hunger and thirst for God. It consumes your mind. It, 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 you, you, you end up losing that. Oh, man, I wrote this one down. This came in prayer. See, how many of you know it's not wrong to shop? How many of you know it's not wrong to shop? Yeah, now, how many of you know it's not wrong to S-H-O-P? Oh, okay. And it's not wrong to eat. But how many of you know when shopping becomes a compulsion and eating becomes a compulsion, that you, you just got, you can't have peace unless you're buying something. That thing is occupying your heart. It's occupying. You, you, you get an adrenaline, your adrenaline flows. You get a rush when you buy stuff. And you end up getting in debt. And, 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 and the thing about it, this thing becomes, the, this feeling or this exhilaration you feel when you purchase or when you eat, it becomes the very thing your heart worships, your very thing that your heart craves for. Does your heart crave after God? Does your heart crave the, for the word of God? Does your heart crave for his presence? Or are you going through the motions? And if you're going through the motions or you're just craving, then you have to ask yourself, man, what is it? What is it I'm feeding upon? What am I drinking that, that, that's literally taking the place of the Holy Spirit? 
sexual sins. Sexual sins can occupy your heart. TV, movies. How many of you know it's, not, it's nothing wrong with watching TV and movies, but guess what? If you're watching TV and movies and, and, and you have more of an appetite for that than you do for God, you spend more time preparing for that television program. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Man, you preparing for that television program, you prepare for that binging, man, and you know, man, you got that meal fixed for you, man. Man, you, I mean, you got, I mean, you, man, you know, you've gone to Outback restaurant or whatever, man. You've ordered, man, your food, man, or wherever you go, man, you have it laid. You have it laid. Man, you got that sound bar sitting in front of you, man, giving you that great sound, man. And all day long, you've been dreaming of watching that program, and, and, and then you sit there for four or five hours and binge watch man and man you just feel so good afterwards <laughs> the other side of this is how often when it comes to the, to the house of God to your prayer life how much preparation do you give to is there an anticipation for his presence is there a hunger for his word is there a desire to do his will is there a desire to reach other people is there a desire to pray is there a the desire to hunger and to know more about God to know more about the Holy Spirit is there a desire to move in a higher anointing a greater anointing is there a desire to fulfill the call he's placed on your life that you think about when you lie on your bed and you sleep at night and you know God's hand is on your life and you begin to you begin to question Lord I know there's more and then the question comes in your mind Lord what is your will for my life basically you're saying Lord what is the ministry what have you called me to do that's beyond my job that's beyond what I do for a living I know that I'm here for something more We're just about through. He says in Galatians, the sixth chapter, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, this he will also reap. For through the one who sows to his flesh, he says when we sow to our flesh, we reap what? When we sow to his, it says, for to the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. When you sow to your flesh, the outcome of that is corruption. But then he says, but to the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. What seeds are we sowing? Apathy is the seed for heaviness and spiritual dullness. Apathy is when you just don't care. I'll use some other words, but we have children in here. Apathy is when you have indifference. You just don't care about the anointing. You just don't care. You just, you, you don't care. Gossip is a seed for strife. When we gossip, it, it is sowing to the flesh. It's reaping corruption. Laziness is the seed for regret and loss. Because when we are lazy and we're plant and we're sowing to the flesh laziness, the outcome of that, the harvest of laziness is regret. 
because you begin to look back at your life and you look at what you, you could have done but you didn't do because you were lazy. You were stuck in the chains of, of laziness. Bad management. When we, when we sow bad management, it, it harvests demotion and servitude. Pride, when we plant pride, when we plant pride, we don't, you know, you know when you're walking in pride, pride don't want to get things right. Pride, 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 pride wants to wait till the people come to you to get it right. Pride, no, you know when you're walking in pride, pride, no, you know you are wrong and you want to admit you're wrong. That's pride. You know, when you keep living like that, you're going to end up living by yourself. Amen. You're going to, be, you're going to end up living by yourself. And sometimes in the moment of pride, man, when, in the moment of pride, man, man, pride, pride, man, pride doesn't want to listen to nobody. Pride doesn't want to receive advice from the right people. Pride, man, pride, man, it, it, is, it is hideous. Pride, pride is monstrous because pride promises you momentary fulfillment, but it brings lasting disaster on, as a consequence. Sometimes we don't want to, ex oh man, I, I need to leave that alone. But let's think about pride. It is, man, I don't know about, it. you know, you, you know, you know how you can find out, you, when, when you're married, and maybe I'm the only one that can give this testimony, but when you married, marriage, marriage reveals your, where your pride is. Marriage reveals your pride. Re, mar if, you, if, if, you, if you're in a marriage and you're waiting on the other person to get right and you're and you, you just waiting on the other person and you're saying this is 50%, you have already lost. Rebellion is the seed of barrenness. Prayer is the seed for intimacy with God. Praise. Praising God is a seed for harvesting power. For he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Re repentance is the seed for the harvest of, of revelation. He says, Turn to my reproof. Behold, turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit and make known my word to you. Humility is the seed for promotion. How many of you want promotion? Humility is the path to promotion. I'm going to tell you something. When you walk in humility, when you walk in humility, and it's costing your flesh to admit that you're wrong and you're, you're literally saying whatever I need to do. When you walk at that level, it tells God, okay, hey, we got to promote this one. We got to promote this one. Promotion is on the way. Good management is the seed of dominion. What is the Holy Spirit asking you to give up, to go up? What must you do to acquire that hunger again for the Lord? Let's stand.